Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Monday, December 7th, and we are back for Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com with Pete Sampson and Tim O'Malley. I'm Tim Priester. In the aftermath of the announcement on Sunday that Notre Dame would be taking on Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl on January 1st, I've been to a couple Fiesta Bowls, but not the Glendale setting. So looking forward to seeing that stadium. And it's, as we said last night, there's there's no way to couch this. I mean, it's a, it's a real challenging matchup for Notre Dame. Pete, I thought you made a great point yesterday in saying, you know, a year ago now we were saying there's no way they could beat LSU, and that would be a mistake to to say that in this instance. But it's going to be really, really challenging to take on the Buckeyes. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, they they got. I don't know if they got what they asked for because uh, it didn't seem like that was the attitude that a lot of the players had that we talked to on Sunday night, or certainly not what Brian Kelly had either. Were but they thinking Florida State or I, Iowa or what? I, I think it was just more like they're not in the playoffs. So that not making the playoffs and the disappointment of that was going to overshadow whoever they got. So they hadn't really given much consideration yeah, as to who they would be playing. You know, but if you're not going to be in the playoffs, you knew Notre Dame was not going to be in the playoffs the minute Conrad Ucoprina's field goal went in. This is as good as it gets in terms of a matchup. Um, you know, and Notre Dame has not had a whole lot of success against top ten teams. Um, eventually, you need to get to a point where. You can't lose all of them by two points at the very right. end. Um, so that, but you can't win them unless you get more opportunities to play them. So my my perspective on bowl opponents is always like, get the toughest one because you get a chance to prove something, opposed to just finishing off your season and then nobody remembering who you played. We only remember the pinstripe bowl because we're paid to remember the pinstripe bowl. That was not really a great moment in Notre Dame football history. Everyone remembers the Music City Bowl because it was a, a not a great opponent, but a very good opponent against a reeling Notre Dame team. This is a great opponent and a really good Notre Dame team. Our bus crashed at the Pinstar yeah. Bowl. I remember that, <laughs> that in the Bronx. I got a lot of work done though, yeah. on, the, on the abandoned bus. Yeah, I, I, you know, I thought Notre Dame maybe getting Florida State would have some drama with the Everett Golson thing, but if he's not playing, it takes away from it, of course, and a more beatable opponent. But Pete's right. Probably the second best team in the country in terms of talent. Clearly, Brian Kelly was hinting at Ohio State and Notre Dame as easily could have been playoff teams, and he's right. There's probably eight, nine, eight playoff teams. Yeah, Florida State's the ninth, probably the cutoff. I, I mean, Iowa's yeah. in there, Notre yeah. Dame's in there, Ohio State's in there, Stanford's in there. But Ohio State defending national champions, all the talent in the world is a better win if you pull it off than Iowa. I don't, it doesn't mean yeah. that they're a better team. It just it's a better win in the record books. Looking, you know, when you're looking back on things, the year they beat Ohio State would be a very big deal. Pete, you're making an argument for an 18 playoff when you start listing all. <laughs> of them. I mean, I, I thought Brian Kelly portrayed it correctly that there are eight, or you said it yesterday, eight. There, top there are four teams. There are eight teams that are worthy <laughs> of being in the top four. Unfortunately, math precludes that. Yeah. Now, Brian Kelly, quite uh, smartly noted. <laughs> Brian Kelly, coach eight. of the number eight ranked team in the country, is something for an eight-team playoff. Now, I will say, when people say you could put eight teams in, two of those eight teams lost to another one in the last two weeks. Right. 
that took care of that. That was their chance. And the third, Notre Dame, lost to another team of the top. Yeah, I, so it, I it like the out. four team. Yeah, no, we're not. Nobody's arguing. No, I'm just saying be that included, if, but if they're, yeah. they're good enough to be. I think that would happen every year, though, if you took the eight teams and said, "All right, there's eight teams in." Well, a couple of them probably just played because Michigan yeah, was always right. going to be playing Ohio State, and Norman's going to be playing Stanford, USC. You know, it's it's always going to be an issue. I think like it's that. two years in a row, though. I mean, it, it, to defend the four team playoff format, it's two years in a row where I think you can come. I can anyway. Can come away from it saying. Okay, those four teams are worthy to be in there. Yeah, I agree. Now, totally, totally agree with that. Now, Big 12 would have argued that last year, but I think so far pretty much two for two with the new system. Well, I guess in terms of what Notre Dame, in terms of their material that they're going to have in this game, Sunday night with Brian Kelly was a chance to sort of go over some personnel stuff. He said Jerron Jones will be back fully active Thursday for practice after the preseason MCL injury. Durham Smythe also activated after shoulder and knee procedures in September. He also had an MCL, CJ process, high ankle sprain. You would expect him sure. to be back, at least contributing in some way. Kavari Russell out, James Onowalu back. He had an MCL, and then Corey Robinson and uh, Devin Butler apparently both had concussions. We knew about Butler. I, I guess I was not aware that Corey Robinson yeah. had a concussion in that game, but um, they'll both be back. So it's not quite all hands on deck, but... Certainly more hands Pretty good. than they had all before. All but one, really. Yeah. I mean, with Russell. And, I, you know, when, when it was first said that he would be back for the ball game, I thought, what? How's he going to be back? That's, so yeah. that's that one's not a surprise. I'd be shocked if Procise wasn't ready to... Ready to go. I was actually. I actually thought Kelly seemed. I feel. I feel the same. But I thought Kelly seemed lukewarm on Procise a little bit. Like we're gonna get. He's getting the cast off. We're gonna get him moving around. I mean, the game is in twenty. Yeah, you got four weeks. Two days. Yeah, I guess you're okay to do that. But <laughs> a high ankle sprain. Just getting him rolling. Yeah, I guess he'll be fine in four weeks. But I, I, I thought he was lukewarm on Procise compared to saying he never said Procise is ready to roll like mm-hmm. I, he normally would. Um, I think the real question is what Jones can give you after four weeks of practice and work and being out all this time. But I. 25 snaps. Right, that, yeah. that would be great. Yeah, it's, like I think people, th- there shouldn't <laughs> be a perception or expectation around John Jones that he's coming in and be like a starter right. against Ohio State. He's going to come in and be a role player, which is fine because that's a role player that you didn't have before. If like, if you're replacing the snaps that Jonathan Bonner got with Jerron Jones, that's a big upgrade to your defense. And I think that's sort of what Norian's perspective is going to well, be. Well, and the interesting thing is that when he hurt his knee, you know, he wasn't fully back from the, the Liz Frank yeah. Foot injury, yeah. right? So I mean, he went, had he not suffered that knee injury, he wasn't going to start the season, you know, running so to speak. He's probably he's going to be healthier now than he was prior to suffering the knee injury. You know what's interesting? During one of those uh, Showtime moments when the cameras are following people, I saw Jerron Jones on the walk for the parking lots, and I kind of made a joke to him. He's a very affable guy. He's the one that'll yeah. stop and talk. I yeah. kind of made a joke to him like, "You should get one of those carts that I've seen people riding around on." He's like, "No, I'm healthy. I'm ready to go." And that was in October, and I kind of just thought, oh, that's a nice, positive way to look at things. Turns out he was probably pretty healthy at that point. Yeah. Well, Durham Smythe back at tight end. I mean, that's you know, it was a guy that clearly won the job. There was never any doubt about it. I think we've always considered him to be the best combination of receiving and blocking. And so that's that's been an area that when Notre Dame struggled in the ground game on short yardage or, or some things outside, uh, you know, having Durham Smythe back could be significant as well. Yeah, uh, red zone. Uh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. there's no yardage. No question about that. That I think in terms of all the guys coming back and who's who could have the biggest bigger impact between Jones and Smythe, it might be Smythe because he can come in and give you, I don't know, 
40 snaps, yeah. 50 snaps. I mean, he really wants to get back to play in this game. And, you know, talking to people close to him in November, he was really pushing for it and believes he can get out there and play. Now, his weight training is going to be off because he's had yeah. upper body and lower body. So he's not going to have the power that he did but you would when the think season he'd started. Be a, he'd be a red zone target. <laughs> you would hope so. You would hope so because they just don't have one at tight end right now. So that, that could be really significant. Other news from Sunday night, NFL draft advisory paperwork filed by Jalen Smith, Ronnie Stanley, C.J. Prosize, Kavari Russell, and Will Fuller. Will Fuller might surprise some people. I don't think it would surprise any of us because um, college kids are known to change their mind, well, and, and Brian, that's okay. Brian Kelly kind of intimated. Yeah. I know he said he was staying, but he needs to go through the proper channels, and yes. that's what he meant. I'm submitting his paperwork no matter what because yeah. it's for his best interest. Yeah, I sort of floated the idea to Deshaun Kaiser, of, you know, have you started a recruitment of Will Fuller yet? And he's like, eh, not really, you know, we'll see after the bowl game. We're more focused on, you know, going out there and figuring out how we can, I can hit him for five touchdowns in the game instead of the usual three. And then also just sort of how he obviously hopes this is the last game he plays with I him. guess, I, I mean, I have to say I'm a little surprised because he was so definitive in saying that he was coming back. And then Mike Birch from Notre Dame checked with him. And he said, yeah, you know, that's what I want to say. So, to, to you know, he should file the paperwork yeah, regardless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, nobody's questioning that. But the guy that I'm hearing more and more lately from, I think, pretty good sources is that, you know, ProSize is giving serious consideration to bypassing his fifth year. It's not a great running back crop. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of mileage on his body. I can understand that. I also think you can make a mistake if you're not prepared to play NFL level running back coming out of college, and I, and I and he isn't. Oh. I mean, he 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 isn't yet. He hasn't learned how to play the position, so he has to, for his own sake, he needs to make some really sound decisions there. He, but he could go into the NFL as a third round pick and be a guy that plays on both sides of special teams, returns punts, kicks, and, absolutely, and works in slot some, receiver, absolutely, and go to the Patriots, and they'll find a way to use yeah. him type guy. You know, it, that would work out well. The mileage is probably the reason to go. It has nothing to do with like Josh Adams and Terry and Fulston being at Notre Dame because CJ Prosize would still be a feature guy next year. The mileage isn't a bad isn't a bad way of looking at it. And I guess striking while the iron's hot, you know, you he looked great at times. So that, that's right. That's He's also been hurt for a month too. Yeah. You know, so which I is, mean, it'll which be is a reason to go. Well, right, yeah, but yeah. I mean, in in terms of being able to, you can't evaluate him yeah. because he's on the sideline. So. I would guess he comes back, wouldn't you? I I, I would. I, I think you know I if think you, that's if more you, of a coin flip to me. Yeah, Do if you, think you so? remove yeah. if you remove the Notre Dame ness in us. No, I am removing yeah, if that. You were at some, I, yeah. If you were playing at another college, I would say it would be in his best interest to return. I, I believe that to be true. But you make some good points. I mean, he'll he'll graduate. He's a running back in. I can't think of a fifth-year running back that wasn't suspended. That, that wasn't back. suspended. <laughs> that came back. It just doesn't. You just don't see that. Right. You know, is he going to be a whole lot better next year? No, probably not. I mean, it could be a little bit better. Be a lot more consistent. I yeah. guess it's like I think he he is what he is. He could maybe go from a fourth-round pick to a third-round pick. And are you better off just starting to cash your checks now? I mean, running backs have a short career. Yeah, they do. They're, you know, look, Theo Riddick was a fifth-round pick, played running back full-time one year, uh, played a lot more football than C.J. Prosize, of course. But C.J. Prosize is a lot more explosive athlete. Yes. but um, You know, Sierra Wood is still bouncing around the league. Uh, Jonas Gray is bouncing around the league. Darius Walker hung around for a little bit. And I think all those guys, it's like, if you're athletic enough to do it, 
do it. And I think CJ ProSize is athletic enough to do He's it. He's definitely athletic enough to do it. I feel like he knows so little about the position that it could hurt him when he goes well, to... I, I mean, you're going to make the team, of yeah, course. But, but I guess it's kind of one of those things like... The the whole, like, you need to develop more. Like, if you're in the NFL, are you not learning anything? No, I agree with that. <laughs> like, but, are you just, like, staring into space? Like, <laughs> but do they... I, I find it strange. I mean, I certainly see the, the plus side of him going, but he... Would be this. I'm trying not to downgrade him too much. He would be the worst running back in the NFL at picking up a third and one. That's true. When he shows up, yeah. and that's something maybe he could get better at. Lower his pad level. You have to be but. careful in the NFL. I mean, it's you talk about short shelf life. If you don't, if you don't prove yourself in your first contract, there won't be a second contract. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I see both sides. I certainly yeah. see what you guys are saying about. You know the athleticism and the versatility and, and things along those lines. Yeah. I would just if I had no rooting interest. In CJ Procise, and I was just looking at this athlete. I would say it would be in his best interest to come back and learn how to actually be a short yardage right. running back. On the plus side, he easily could be a twelve-year special teams guy that absolutely excels in the. Because remember, he was very good for Notre Dame when he was yep. on special teams. So I think that that's a plus for yeah. him. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that CJ Procise, if he goes, it's a good decision. If he comes back, it's a good yeah. decision. Yeah. Right. He's, he's in the, he's in a really rare situation. Where there's not, I mean, there's not a clear cut decision yeah. for him, and I think either way you could look at it and be like, yeah, that was a smart move. Now there is a clear cut decision for Jalen Smith, and we're if Bye. we're not a, if we're not 100 <laughs> percent convinced, we're in the upper 90 percent that he will leave. Ronnie Stanley will as well. Uh, we'll see about Will Fuller. I, I think it's safe to say Kavari Russell wants to leave. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I'd be curious to see medically where he's at because the NFL Combine is at the end of February. Mm-hmm. He's going to be healthy for that, but he's not going to be healthy to train for that right, right. for for the next two months. And he has to have a great combine. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what his where his mindset is going to take him. I but I'm I'm with you guys. I think ultimately, I, I think ultimately Stanley will leave, Jalen will leave, Kavari will leave. I think Will Fuller ultimately comes back and then CJ Process is a coin flip. And, and Russell desperately needs to run something in four fours at the combine. Yes, He's not yeah, going to be able to train for it. Yeah, yeah, that's a real challenge. And I guess just sort of wrapping up segment one, the Fiesta Bowl in general. I mean, we talked about the matchup being the best shot for Notre Dame. Uh, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity for Ohio State as well. Uh, I mean, what, what are you most early days of us breaking down this game for a month what are you most intrigued about? Storyline, statistically, personnel, coaches, all that. Well, first of all, the 28-day forecast has the temperatures in the <laughs> upper 60s and no rain. So that that's exciting. Yeah, adding Scottsdale to my weather app was awesome. <laughs> having, been to, <laughs> having been to uh, New York City and Nashville, both of which were fun and exhilarating. I thought Nashville was great, um, but I'd be much happier about the, the, the warmer weather. I, you know, I mean, it... <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott, for crying out loud, I mean, the guys rushed for 3,550 yards. They're going to pound the football um, with him. Uh, their defense is only giving up 14 points per game. I think Notre Dame, Notre Dame's going to play a championship-level game, a championship-level performance, I believe. So will Ohio State. You give Urban Meyer that much yeah. time to prepare for a game, and I, 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 I guarantee you he will know Notre Dame's tendencies well. I, I think Notre Dame will play, this is too early for this, but I think Notre Dame will play great, like we said, at Stanford game. I was, if you use the word proud, they played. Oh, absolutely. And Brian That's Kelly right. came out knowing what he needed to score, and he almost got, they, there was no holding back in that, and he'll need more points in this one. That was a great offensive yes. game plan. It'll be another great, it'll be another great offensive game plan on both sides of the ball. 
coming up in the Fiesta Bowl because Ohio State is going to score some points on Brian Van Gorder's defense. And Brian Kelly knows it, and he is going to attack this. I mean, you're going to need 40 to win this game if you're Notre Dame. Yeah, there's no question. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated to see some of these coaching matchups. You got Ed Warner, Tony Alford, uh, Tim Hinton. I mean, you could even throw, I think, Kerry Coombs in that mix, too, from the Cincinnati days. Oh, he was right, on yeah. Brian Kelly's staff. There. You got Mike Sanford, who interviewed... Uh, Taylor Formally Decker, unformal. former Notre Dame recruit, yeah. David Hayes. I, I wonder if the Notre Dame Ohio State matchup will impact Dalen Hayes' yeah, decision well, I mean, in any way. Yeah, well, he's sort of down to Michigan State. Which we need State. to talk about. Yeah, he's down to Michigan State and Notre Dame now. Um, Ohio State's kind of out, but I mean, you got the, there was the Jalen Smith dynamic. Rod Smith, Jalen's brother, played there. Hireman brothers Hireman, split. Yeah. Um, you know, Notre Dame recruited Ezekiel Elliott really hard. I remember him visiting Notre Dame for a junior day with Corey Robinson, and I think Will Fuller was there, McGlinchey was there. Uh, you know, that was sort of like Notre Dame's best class, and Ezekiel, it seemed like he was going to be a guy who was going to be part of it. Um, so there's, yeah, there's some really fascinating dynamics. They're coaching players. Um, yeah, obviously the Urban Meyer dynamic with Notre Dame is, is always You're going to trust that, that uh, I mean, I don't, I don't trust that Urban Meyer's out of any recruiting battle. <laughs> well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to end Thursday. So. No, well, verbally it is. Verbally it is. And one thing about all those coaches, I was kind of thinking about Werner and, and Hinton, they don't know any of these players. It's really Alfred that is able to give the background of anything you need to Urban Meyer to be yeah. also about these guys. I mean, yeah. Hinton and Werner have been removed from this for a little while. Yeah, it was now. funny when I was asking Brian Kelly about that, and he's like, yeah, I don't see any coaches running the officer. Hey, hey, I know what that is. Like, I was trying to imagine to- to- Tony Alford running down the hall of Ohio State's football conference, knocking on Urban Meyer's door, like, hey, hey. When they uh, shake, shake both their hands in there, they hold up the board with a subway sandwich sign. That means they're going to run off tackle. Um, but I mean, it's going to it's going to be a fun game in part because of that. Yeah. Um, you know, as much as the Everett Golson would have been probably a more seductive storyline for for everyone nationally, people who cover Notre Dame, like we knew, maybe not Hinton, but I knew Warner and Alford very well. I knew like, Hinton very well yeah, too. They, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean that they and I think they for the most part enjoyed their time at Notre Dame. So it wasn't like they left under uh, acrimonious circumstances. So there's, it's just going to be a cool dynamic. And I, I know that there are coaches on Notre Dame staff that are looking forward to seeing them. Uh, not in a, like, I want to punch you in the mouth kind of way. Just like, hey, you know, I enjoyed working with you. So there's all sorts of cool stuff that we'll be writing about over the next almost 30 days uh, <laughs> heading towards the Fiesta Bowl. But we've got a bunch of questions from our readers, so we're going to get into all that next segment to Irish Illustrated Insider. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Segment two, burning up the boards, and we start with a question from Helmet622. This is the, uh, usually a question that's very relevant December, but I'm not sure about this season. Are there any guys that could work themselves into more playing time during bowl practices? I don't think so. Um, Alize Jones, maybe. But there, there's just not a lot of opportunity. There's not a receiver that comes no. to mind. I mean, certainly on neither line, nobody jumps out. It's Jaron Jones well, on the yeah, line. The yeah, yeah, the injured guys. Line, guys linebacker, no. You know, you got yeah. Anawalo and Martini there. You're not going to take Joe Schmidt or Jalen Smith off the field. And you do, you just don't have any candidates in the secondary. Yeah. Um, so it's... You got what you got. Maybe, uh, a, maybe a corner, uh, you know, with yeah. the, the young guys competing there. But yeah. uh, what's going to happen in practice that's going to he, – he has his mind made up about yeah. Butler yeah. starting. You're, you're not going to stick Nick Coleman out there against right. Mike Thomas. Like, it's just <laughs> not going to happen. So, yeah, I, I think this is a, 
uh, sort of an evergreen bowl question. Um, and it I think, usually really and, applies. And I think yeah. years in where you're playing in Nashville or New York or El Paso, mm-hmm. it is a is a good question. When you're playing in the Orange Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl, it's not, and that's more has to do with the opponent more than anything. Yeah, else. it'll be fewer. Almost <laughs> yeah. be fewer. I mean, Durham Smythe. Yeah, obviously getting involved. Jaron Jones, that's the most important thing. Procise is back. Dexter Williams will get a carry if he's back with Josh Adams. That'll, I'll be interested to see a healthy Procise and a healthy Josh Adams. I think they need that, and that's probably that would probably be the tweak you're looking at. Healthy Procise involved in the slot with a healthy Josh Adams. By slot, I mean jet sweeps and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Have right. both on the field at the same time. That could be the tweak. Right. I like that. I yeah. think that's a. I think that's a really nice tweak. L. R. Iris asks, "Will Brian Kelly insist on any changes to the defensive scheme for the bowl game and big picture for next year?" Uh. I would say no and yes, yeah. but I, there's not. It's Ohio State and Ezekiel Elliott and a really good offensive line and a very very capable quarterback and an NFL receiver. You're not going to go switching things up at this point. <laughs> you Just, could, yeah, you, maybe in the red zone because you know they're going to get there on ten straight drives. Um, yeah, you could no. It could be a different approach. You gotta have something. No, it is because every time a team drives against Notre Dame, they score a touchdown, right. and that's got to change. There's got to be some type of maybe look at their within, look from mm-hmm. within, look at their tendencies, see if they can do something to turn those into field goals or create some chaos. Because whatever's going on now, it turns into a touchdown when they drive down the field. Yeah, it's just not working. I just don't know how realistic it is to expect that, that Brian Van Gorder is going to be a different style defensive coordinator next year. I mean. He's cut from the same cloth as John Tenuta in, in in those terms, and I, you know, I would think that if you're going to ask Brian Van Gorder to be a different defensive coordinator, then he's a defensive coordinator at some other school. Do they make yeah. some? You know, is Brian Kelly is he going to suggest some some adjustments to it? I would think so, but I just think it's very difficult to expect with as long as Brian Van Gorder's been using his style of defense. For a long, long time, I don't. I don't think you're going to get a different animal uh, as your coordinator. Do you think a forty to thirty-eight loss where Notre Dame plays great again offensively would make that suggestion happen? I suggest we I, switch. I don't want to switch. Maybe it's time to move on. Well, yeah, that's how I think the conversation I mean, would go. That's before what it would be a change of philosophy by the by the coordinator. Right. I, I don't think he's going to change his philosophy, but at some point. Can't keep losing games when you score five touchdowns. No, no, you can't. <laughs> that's a bad thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a good yeah. question. It's, I mean, the way I'm going to speculate too much, but I mean, the way the coaching carousel has gone, you look at some of the coaches who lost their jobs in the last couple of years, who are defensive minded guys. Al Golden, Mike London, mm-hmm. Brady Hoke. I mean, those guys play good defense. Yeah, um, they might not be great head coaches, but they will probably be really good defensive coordinators. So. We'll see. Well, when you're scoring the amount of points in Notre Dame, it, I mean, they're they're obviously going to do that for a while, it would appear, yeah. uh, as they have for the last two years. You just need to, if you could just force some long drives into field goal drives, <laughs> you'd be undefeated. It's incredible. I mean, it's amazing that every time someone drives on you, you get a touchdown scored on you. It's, it, it, we're not we're not overstating this. It's is it twenty three of twenty four? Twenty uh, seventy yard drives. Twenty six out of twenty seven have ended in touchdowns. And the other one's a field goal, or did they do something? No, like, it's it's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh uh, <laughs> yeah. blew it. Kicked a short yes. field goal. That's, yeah. a, that's the hole yeah. right there. <laughs> Held to three points yeah, in a drive. The mighty Pittsburgh offense. They ridiculous the three. Yeah. All right. Next question. This is from Jturk eighty three, and he wants to know what Fiesta Bowl matchups can expose either team. Uh, you know, Ohio State 
has struggled throwing the football mm-hmm. at times. I don't know that that I don't know that Notre Dame can exploit that. But it, you know, some of the problems with Ohio State's offense early in the year was just the inconsistency, and I think it mainly stemmed from you know the passing game. But is is Notre Dame a team that can expose that and take advantage of that? I don't really know. I mean, when you look at Ohio State, I don't. It's it's very difficult to say. This, this, and this are weaknesses for Ohio State. Right. They just don't really no. exist. Consistency, yeah, I think, you know, there were some games earlier in the year where you expect them to win by more against Northern Illinois, and you expect them to win by more at Indiana. They still won, you know. So, um, man, I don't see anything glaring on that end. I think if the front se- if Notre Dame's front seven, it's not going to expose Ohio State as a not a great passing team, but if the front seven can play as well as they did against Stanford, you can make it so you're not stretched back there. You don't you, if they don't have to bring up an eighth guy a lot. They can't. I mean, they can't because they can't. They can't cover in that situation. Right. You, you can't be. Ohio State has the athletes, but if Notre Dame's front seven can play like it did against Stanford, it doesn't make Ohio State one dimensional, but it allows you to control the game a little bit. Um, from the other from the other perspective, I think. I mean, clearly, Notre Dame is going to have to be able to stay on the field on third down, and I think they can. I think they can pass protect against. It's a great matchup. Notre Dame's offensive line against Bosa and Ohio State's front. Right. That is that's that's one of the marquee matchups of bowl season, really. It's not really it's not really exposing on either way as much as strength versus strength. Let's see who really is who really has the strength here. Because as you pointed out, Michigan's strength was their defensive front seven and they got run over right. by Ohio State, and Notre Dame can't allow that to happen. Yeah, it's yeah. that if if Notre Dame's offensive line is as good as we think mm-hmm. that it is, and I think it's really good. Yeah. I mean they just shoved Stanford all over the yeah. field um, over Thanksgiving weekend. Then they're going to have to play Ohio State's front seven to a draw for Notre Dame to have a chance right. in this game. I think they're more than capable of doing that. Uh, yeah, the Bosa-Stanley matchup, I could just watch that all day. Yeah, that's going to be mean, great. It's like, the, it's like up there with uh, Fuller, McKenzie Alexander. Um, you know, be, But Notre Dame's offense is going to have to be so much more efficient than really it's been at any point this season for Notre Dame to win this game because they're not going to score a ton of points. Um, they, I guess, well, let me put it this way. Could they score 35 on Ohio State? Yeah. Yes. But they're going to have to be 5 of 5 in the red zone with five touchdowns to do it. They, they can't stall out. Um, they're, they're just not going to have a ton of opportunities. If I they, think they if need they take advantage fuller. of all of them, they can win the game. I think it could be like Stanford, though, where you get a fuller bomb. I mean, you think certainly fuller. Oh, you get a, yeah, yeah. yeah they, I, mean, they, I guess let me let me rephrase. They could score thirty-five points. They need to be a hundred percent on touchdowns in the red zone. Right. Whether that's three of three and they have two fifty-yard TDs, yeah, yeah. or it's five of five and they just, they were more methodical. It doesn't matter to me. But they can't have you. There there can't be at any point where like wow, they really left some points on the field. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, that's not right. You cannot leave. <laughs> Four points on the field, never mind 12 or 16. And unfortunately, Notre Dame's had a, a little bit of a nasty yeah, habit st- of that. Statistically, Ohio State's not great in the red zone defensively. They're they're solid, but they're about middle of the pack. You know, you talk about Stanford. I mean, that, that certainly is not one of Stanford's better defensive lines. It's undersized. There's some names there. There's some guys yeah. that... That I think you know most people were excited about coming out of recruiting, but Notre Dame took advantage of the advantage that they had over Stanford. Will they be able to take advantage like that against Ohio State? A, a lot more difficult to do. Yeah, and I mean, I think also the matchup. I'm I'm curious to see you know how does Joe Schmidt handle this game against Ezekiel Elliott? I mean, I think we had sort of thought looked at you know, what if Notre Dame played Alabama and it was Derrick Henry versus Joe Schmidt. I mean, it's 
like six inches and 50 pounds. Um, Ezekiel is a more compact guy, but that that is a strong dude. Yeah, he's. Um, I don't think it's much of a drop off. Yeah, just a shorter Derrick Henry with more moves. Um, That's a tough matchup for Notre Dame, and there's just no way around it. Uh, It was kind of cool to see on Twitter on Sunday night where Jalen Smith and Ezekiel were sort of going back and forth a little bit, like, you know, we're going to put on a show. Uh, the two of them, that will be also a very high-level yeah. type of matchup. Um, a couple first-round picks there. So that, uh, But, yeah, Notre Dame's middle linebacker, um, just physically, how does how does that stack up? Um, oh, even the Sam, whether it's Martini or Anawalu, mm-hmm. that's a tough matchup against Elliott and, and their power. It's... I mean, they're, they're, it's, it's a heck of an offense Ohio State has. Remember, the, and this was misguided, but after the... Virginia Tech game, there were those crazy hyperboles out there. Is this the best offense ever? <laughs> Certainly it was not, but when they're rolling, it's a good offense. Well, yeah, Brack, Braxton is. Miller's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's some had You knew there were good defenses coming up, and yes, you couldn't yeah. judge, judge them until they faced those defenses. Ezekiel Elliott's rushed for 3,500 yards in the last two years. I mean, this guy is a horse. I can remember the national championship game last night, just in awe of the physicality of that kid. So... It's going to be tough. All right, last question. It's kind of a, a two-parter. The first one was from L.R. Irish, and he wants to know, will Brian uh, – I'm sorry, this is from Chiefs81. Will this be Brian Kelly's worst recruiting class? But then a uh, follow-up addendum. This is from Matt Tebby, and he wants to know, what's up with Dalen Hayes? Do you think Notre Dame will close the deal? And for those that don't know, Brian Kelly and I believe Mark D'Antonio are both making in-home visits with Dalen Hayes today. Um and today or tomorrow, and with a commitment expected on Thursday, I fully expect Notre Dame to get him. So I think those those two things sort of go together. If you were going to get Dalen Hayes, that would probably change the perception <laughs> accurately change the perception of the recruiting class yeah, at I, large. I, you know, right or wrong, we'll find out in time, regardless which school he chooses. Which again, we expect him to choose Notre Dame. But I think Dalen Hayes is a is a five star talent. I, I I think that getting hit by him is like getting hit by a load of bricks. You, you can see that this kid's a difference maker. And I know that he's been listed as linebacker, but he's really grown out of the linebacker position. He's so strong, you want to move him closer to the snap of the football. I think his upside is tremendous. I know that he's had shoulder problems, which, you know, could be a real impediment. And you mentioned Chase Hounsell, Pete, and, and, and that derailed his career. Now, this is a kid that's, sure. that, that's on a much higher it's more, play. It's but, more an issue of, like, can he hold weight if if he's had shoulder issues, right? Because does, does that make him more likely to stay at linebacker because you don't want to get him too big? Yeah, but I mean, I think his body is his body, and that's the that's the way he's trending. I don't know that you can say, okay, stay at linebacker so we can protect your shoulder per se. I mean, you got you know linebackers have shoulder issues as well. Sure. So um, I think this guy's a difference maker. I think he's. If healthy, I think he has the ability to compete for a starting spot right away. There will be a spot that's open. I think his best position is Isaac Rochelle's big end spot, but but you have Rochelle for another year. I can see Dalen Hayes competing for a starting spot next year and at the very least playing a significant role. I think he's the I think he's a five star potential player and a tremendous gift for Notre Dame. How that impacts the rating of the class, Pete, you're probably in a better position to, to well, I mean, judge just- that. Hayes is an early enrollee as well. So this is a guy we'd be watching in spring practice. Right. Um, you know, it's like if he's got a shoulder injury, is he kind of one of those guys who comes in and Kelly announces, yeah, we, you know, we clean something clean up, up and yeah. he's out for spring. That's possible too. But, you know, with him, 
Khalid Kareem's early enrollee. Um, I mean, overall, I think this is going to be end up being a good class for Notre Dame. I think it has a, a very good chance to be a better class than last year. Last year was one of those classes that I honestly felt like Notre Dame slipped away. There, uh, The distance between Notre Dame and the top four grew last year. I think this is more of a hold steady, if not close a little bit. Those it, three, it is, I don't see the, those three defensive linemen that they got last year. I I see Khalid Kareem and Dalen Hayes immediately yeah. moving past them. Yeah. Now, I mean, there there have been some real pleasant surprises in the freshman class. I, you know, nope. Well, I don't want to say nobody knew what Jerry Tillery was, but I, I sure didn't. I covered that recruitment pretty closely. Uh, I didn't expect him to have this kind of impact at all in his freshman year. Josh Adams is way better than what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. He was coming out of high school, so you know C.J. Sanders is sort of what we expected, maybe just a, a notch or two better. But Jones will get there, even though he wasn't there this year, and Crawford will be involved. Say, I mean, say, yeah. honestly, St. Brown's a little bit better than yeah. I thought yeah. he was going to be. I just I saw him at a combine in Chicago, and I was like, okay, tall receiver, but I wasn't sure if there was there was more there. There there definitely is a lot more there um, with this class. You know, the offensive line, I like the three guys that they have. I think it's it's better than what they got last year when they only took two. It gets more back in the Harry Heastan group. If you can get Hayes and Kareem in your front seven, that's that's a dynamite start to that group. And it's not like you needed a true linebacker, um, even though they're still in on Jeffrey McCulloch. I mean, I look at this class. If they're gonna, they get Hayes on Thursday. They get Javon McKinley, which I think they expect to do. That basically closes out the offensive side of the ball. Um, stud still. Stud still defensively. And then among Fuller from New Jersey, you got Troy Pride from South Carolina. Uh, stud stills there down there from Florida. DeMar Hamlin from Pittsburgh. If you get two of those guys, you pretty much have met all your needs short of that pure pass rusher, which, look... Notre Dame's just going to have to manufacture <laughs> We talk about this every year. Like, why can't they get a true defensive end that's ready to brush the pass right away? It's because there's only, like, two of them every year, and they don't want to play outside the SEC. So I, I, like what they're, I like what they've done in this class. I think this class will ultimately finish better than last year. It'll, the rating might be similar, but I think it will be a better class because they've gotten more – impact guys in the front seven who are ready to come in and do something right away. Whereas, look, last year, Tavon Coney has played a little bit. Barras and Bilal redshirted. Uh, Tillery was a real surprise. Um, but I think I think they're getting more of the more Tillery types on the defensive line with, with Kareem and if they right. want Pays ends up there. Uh, I don't know when our next podcast I think let's, is. Uh, let's go next. Jack, do you know when our next podcast let's is? Let's go next Monday. Yeah, we're going Monday. Let's okay. go Monday. We've got the awards show on Friday. We're, we're going to do our own awards on Friday. I'll put those together. Um, we'll have some recruiting news. Maybe we'll be talking about Dale and Hayes' commitment. Um, Stony Brook on Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. We'll be doing a uh, actually a that's court basketball. side that's oh, that's basketball. staff live podcast for yeah. men's yeah, that's, that's not gonna happen, Yeah, but we will so yeah, we've got recruiting to cover next week. We've got more access. We've got the award show. We'll, so we'll be back on Monday, December fourteenth, for our next episode of Irish Illustrator Insider. So until then, Tim Priest, Tim Amaya, Pete Sampson, thanks for listening.